Bay Life, God bless you. It's great to be here and share a message. Pray for the Bay. I think that's pretty, a pretty good thing. I'm going to be speaking about the paths of, of faith and peace during this time that we're in at the moment, the paths of faith and peace. My wife's not here today, of course, Helen. She's home like all the rest of you who will be listening to this. And um, it's her birthday tomorrow and I, we're having a nice birthday party this afternoon, which will be really great. And uh, actually, in January, I was in Van Vanuatu working on some buildings, and uh, January in Vanuatu is very, very hot and very, very sweaty, and I was working away with one of our local staff members, and, and um, he was commenting on, you old fella, but you strong yet? <laughs> and I said, oh... <laughs> How old do you think I am? You know, you, you, you think you think say me how much year? Or in Vanuatu, uh, in Papua New Guinea, you'd say, "One uh, ting ting long you." You think ting me how much Christmas? How many Christmases am I? And he looked at me and he studied my sweaty face and everything, and he just said, "Eighty something." Yeah, well, <laughs> his second guess was even worse. But anyway, we're all getting a little older and having more birthdays, and uh, that's how life goes. Paths to faith and peace, especially in times when uh, things are pretty tough, when there's fear around. Nobody knew fear, in my opinion, since Jesus. Nobody knew fear like the Apostle Paul. When I read through the catalogue of the times that he was in absolute peril of his life, individually, um, the things that he did in the times of fear, I think about him in the Philippi Philippian prison, chained to a wall in a dungeon and singing praise to God. You know, there are paths that lead us out of fear and anxiety set us above it, that come to work in our lives and in our hearts, that set us above the circumstances around us. And I really do feel that the Scriptures constantly call us to a place of great certainty, even when times are not so certain. It's quite interesting how far the news of the, the few cases that we had this week, how far it spread. I watched the Chief Minister of Northern Territory, making a statement on the news that the people of Port Stephens, New South Wales, need not come here. We will turn you back. You couldn't get much further away than Cairns. And uh, anyway, this is the world that we live in at the moment, and this is the stuff that comes out of it. And this is the way that, as humans, we react to uncertain circumstances. As a matter of fact, we... As Christian people, we still love certainty. We like a life that is not, the things that we're certain about are not under attack, you know, that we're not going to lose our job, that we're not going to have trouble paying for our home. And they are very real concerns. Of course they are. And it's in our daily prayers, my wife and I, every evening when we get together and we spend time together, some time together in prayer and praying over our region, over our families over the businesses of, of young people and uh, all of the things that would concern them and bring anxiety to them. 
But there is one way, I believe, in the Scripture. There, are, there is ways that... But the way that God is constantly calling us to is to Himself. Is to Himself. Because He is the one, even as was read for us this morning from Psalm 91, one of my favourite passages in the Bible. It always points your eyes back to a God who loves you and a God who is with you and for you. That's a tremendous set of revelations there. In the book of Philippians, and you might remember that the Apostle Paul often wrote his letters to the churches from prisons. He wrote them in extreme circumstances. But this is what he says from Philippians chapter 4, from verse 6 reading through verse 9. He said, be anxious for nothing. And he had every right to say that because he was in the middle of the most anxious of times. Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and with your petitions, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. And he adds to that now another thing and comes back to it. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, if there's any virtue, if there's any praise, think on these things, meditate on these things. And the things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. That's beautiful promises there. So we look at the two promises of this and then we look at the verse in the middle. The first promise was, and the peace that passes all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. Prayer is a key to peace. Prayer is powerful. Prayer is incredibly powerful to bring you to a place of peace. There's been many circumstances in our lives and in our ministry where we have prayed until the peace comes. Sometimes if I still have no peace, I just have to keep praying. And if I've prayed and have no peace, I'll come back to prayer again and pray again. And I'll put my prayer and my needs before the throne of grace and they're not always my own needs. The Apostle Paul said, I'm not only in my own struggles, but he said, but also, even more so, the struggles of the church. I know how he feels about that. With us having responsibility over churches in many parts of the world and many ministries and many people that we support and many workers and church planters who we support even through the COVID time. And very often there are things which could be overwhelming and just lead to anxiety. How are we going to do this? But when you pray until the peace comes, that's a key for everybody. Even if you've got a sickness in your body, if you've got something terrible going on in your family, if the COVID uh, seems to be attacking your own life or your business, I encourage you to pray until the peace comes, until you've got a heart that is overwhelmed with peace. And I noticed that the Apostle Paul started that promise with the idea of coming before God with thanksgiving. 
I sometimes feel we, we, we haven't come through a thing while we're still whinging about it. <laughs> you haven't got the victory while you're still whinging about it. And I know myself when I have and haven't got the victory, it all comes out of my mouth. And so the thanksgiving part is so important. And we found ourselves, Helen and I, each evening just spending time just, just rehearsing scriptures, thanking God for who he is thinking through the scriptures. The other night we were praying and a scripture was just uh, flooding over me, the beautiful passage from the Bible from uh, Psalm 8 verse 9. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. And I thought about it and I I began to understand the problems of this world, the manufactured viruses that are now out there among us, and they are manufactured things that people play with in the world. Because of the, the, the way of man, the pride of man, things come, but it doesn't diminish the glory of God for one second. He is glorious above all of it. People can go into their murderous plans. People can go into their evil plans. And even some of these plans get protected by legislations and things. And you think, what on earth is going on? But none of it diminishes from the one who reigns over it all. And we have an absolute assurance of whether we're talking about the Islamic world or the Hindu world or the Buddhist world or any part of the world. We have every desire and every absolute assurance that the name of God will be glorious over those places. How majestic is his name. So we feed upon promised things, things that lead us towards the promises of God. We come before him with thanksgiving. You know what? Even in the midst of hard times, always come with a thanksgiving in your heart. And it just helps enormously. The second promise that was there in the passage that we read was this beautiful promise where the Apostle Paul said in verse 9, the things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me. That's, that's really modelling something, isn't it? That's going through the whole catalogue of what you are modelling with your life. The things you have learned, received, heard and seen in me. Do these things and the God of peace will be with you. You know what we need most as Christians? We need to model something that this world cannot model. We need to have something which is our story and the message that's coming out through our life by what people hear, what people see, what they receive from us, what they learn from us, that's the thing that can radically change a person's life. I, I really say to the Christian families of the church here, mum and dad, model this before your kids. Don't rehearse before them your fears, your anxieties. People have got this warped idea that to be relevant to the world, we have to be just like them. It's a really warped idea. And maybe even as parents, sometimes we think, well, our kids need to know that we're suffering too. You know what I think? Your kids need to see you above it, soaring above it. They need to see you and your wife having prayer times together and praising God in the middle of the storms. There needs to be something truly modelled in a time like this. And you say, well, maybe you might say, well, my husband's not a Christian and it's hard for me to do it. Oh, you need to. You need to model assurance 
because Paul talked about the things that he had to share that they could learn, the things that they could receive from him, the things that they could hear from him, the things that they would see in him. And he said, now you do that and the God of peace will be with you. And I say that here, even in our environment, I just noticed how much the atmosphere changed with those few cases that we had through this week. The atmosphere everywhere changed. The, the news agency was closed and the post office was closed and shops were closed and, and, and people were back like they were almost like, oh no, we're back to square one again. But in the midst of these things, I just really, I'm, I'm shouting it out to the people who love Christ. What is seen and heard from your life in hard times? Maybe this is the time that we actually model the things of God into the world. That what they've received from us, what they learn from us, what they hear from us, what they see in us. Because the Bible says if you'll do that, the God of peace will be with you. Say, so there's no peace in our home. I tell you what to do. Start modeling your hope, your joy, your praise, your prayer. So that that can be received by your kids. They're not going to get this from their schools. They're not going to get this from their peers. They're not going to get it from Facebook. They're not going to, because the, the way that they are communicating and the things that they're receiving and the things that are spoken over them are the absolute avenue of fear. of stress, of anxiety that is too heavy for the shoulders of our, of our kids and it's just dumped on them. Mum and Dad, you know what to do. You know what to feed into the lives of your kids because when you do that, the God of peace is at work in your home. I believe it. But between, between these two promises... The first promise of verse 7, the, the peace that passes all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through our Lord Jesus Christ. And the second one, the God of peace will be with you. In between that was, where are your thoughts at? What are you thinking about? Where are your anxieties coming from? Anxious thoughts. As David prayed before God, oh God, know my anxious thoughts. He put them out there before God rather than putting them out there before everybody else. And so Paul instructed these Philippian Christians on the things to think about. He said, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever is just and fair, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely and beautiful, if it's of a true source, if it is virtuous, if it is praiseworthy, think on these things. So sometimes between the promises, we have to bring our thoughts into line with it as well. How are our thoughts towards the circumstances, towards life here, towards the things that are going on outside? I believe God wants the focus of our heart thoughts to be just like that, really drawing ourselves into beautiful 
heart thoughts. I've been very aware in our prayer times. My wife and I, it's just the most precious time of our day, really. And we were just sharing a few nights ago, talking from 1 John 4.18, that there is no fear in love, for perfect love casts out all fear. And then it says, but he who fears has not been made perfect in love. And it's an interesting little statement there. When you are in fear, something is missing. And the element that's missing is more powerful than the thing that you fear. That's exactly what it's saying. There's often an element that is missing in our prayer life, in our prayer language, in our thoughts. And that is how deeply, how wide, how high, how abundant is the love of God our Father for us. I've been overwhelmed. Sometimes my wife and I just together overwhelmed with how deeply and powerfully our God loves us. He loves us. He loves us. He loves us when we even pass through difficult times. And we do and we are. And prayer is a powerful key. It's a path that brings us through difficult times. I wanted to just finish with the thought of God as our keeper. How God keeps us and protects us. In Psalm 121 verse 1 through 8, it talks about he who keeps Israel neither slumbers nor sleeps. He talks about how the Lord is our keeper and he watches over us. And this word keeper, I love studying words. So the words from the Old Testament are Hebrew words and the words in the New Testament, Greek words or Aramaic words. And with God as your keeper, the one who keeps you, watches over you, it's very, very powerful. So when you think about God as our keeper from Psalm 121, we feed on promises like this and it changes the focus of our life. The lens of your prayer life needs to be set at a place of tremendous hope, not fear. The lens of your heart needs to be focused into that which is good and true and noble and fair and just and pure and lovely and beautiful from a true source, virtuous, praiseworthy. And it takes me to this passage where I want to close out very soon because I have no idea how long I've been going. So... Um, Plummy's going to have to come and stop me in a minute. From 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who, according to his abundant mercy, has caused us to be born again into a living hope through the resurrection of Christ Jesus from the dead. We have an inheritance which is incorruptible, undefiled. It does not fade away. It's reserved in heaven for us. For we are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. And in this we greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, we've been grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of our faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, 
may be found to praise, honour and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Now there's a tremendous thing we can focus on here. Three promises that I want to leave with you. The three promises from here in verse 3 was that we've been born into a living hope. Born into a living hope. Second one was that we have received an eternal inheritance in Christ. But it's this third one, which is in verse 5, we who are kept by the power of God. Sometimes to understand the words that we have in English, we need to see what was originally written. And what was written here is the word frurumenos, which means three things. When God says you are kept by the power of God, it has three parts to this word, kept by God. You might remember the Bible says, for example, He is the one who keeps you. The Lord is your keeper, as we read before. It's like the one who keeps a city. It's like the watchman on the walls. It's the one who is the gatekeeper. He is the gatekeeper of your life as to what comes in and what comes out. He is at the gates of your life and He is keeping you. And the meaning of this is He is always watching in advance. He's always ahead of it. When God keeps you, He's already seen it. He's always watching in advance. Number two, your keeper is the one who always raises a guard around you. This is good. This is true. He has put a guard around our lives. We are kept by the power of God. And the third thing that it means is that you are hemmed in with God. He closes you in to Himself. That's why it says you are kept by the power of God. He becomes the one who closes you into Himself. Beautiful, hidden in Him. You see, God's got you in these times. He's got hold of you. And you need to know these things fully in your heart before trials come, when the trials are happening, and when the trial is past. You know, at the end of this corona, it won't be just a matter of, whew, so glad that's over. No, He brings you through to something that you never had before. And that's why He says the trials of your faith are better than gold, even if it's passed through the fire. This is better. This produces something in us. Now we've got something to say in this corona time, not just our own theories about where it came from and not just our own, you know, conspiracies and stuff like that. We've got something to say in this time. We've got a faith that is being perfected, that's being tested and being brought through the genuineness of your faith, which is authenticity of faith. And the faith that you need in these times, even when you pray, the faith that you need, that's faith that's actually stood the test, come through the other side. And so I really strongly encourage in this time that, that uh, Chris has called, Pastor Chris has called, pray for the bay. I want to speak right into that as we shared today. That God's got a purpose in it. He always has a redemptive plan. God is here in the midst of us, of it with us. He's here with us. He's surrounded us. He's closed us in. He's gone before us. He's set up a guard around us. 
and he's closed us in with himself because God himself is our keeper. And he sets us through various trials so that the authenticity of our faith, being much more precious than gold, though it be tried by fire. I used to do this as a young boy. You'll see it on one of my YouTube messages. I've got a message, one of our Liberty People YouTube messages on greater than gold. How we used to go out gold prospecting with our dad and we'd bring back the gold mixed with the mercury and the mercury will pick up the gold. And you bring it home and you put it in this little pot. He called it a retort and you put the flame under it and you melt the mercury away and vapors come off it and it's fizz and pop and the vapors that come off the mercury is actually cyanide which we didn't know at the time all this yellow gas belching out everywhere and we boil the gold and a very low melting point of gold and and um, mercury but up to the top would come any impurities and it would just be able to be wiped away and at the end of the process we'd get the gold and pour it into a tablespoon or something and let it cool off and holding this beautiful, perfect, pure gold in your hand. It was a very powerful experience to, to do that. It just glistened of a night. You'd close your eyes at night and all you'd see was gold, you know. It's gone through the fire. The junk has come out. You know that the testing of our faith, the junk comes out. It fizzes and pops and noxious, noxious gases come out of us. <laughs> All the gunk comes to the surface and gets swept away. And we come through like gold through the fire. And I pray that we'll just shine like that desirable, precious, beautiful gold in the times that we're in. And the Lord bless you. I'd like to pray for you for this whole message now. Heavenly Father, once again we thank you for your hand upon our region here. We have a little bit of a Bible belt here, Lord. We've got wonderful things happening in, our, in the bay here. But Lord, we deeply want so much more. We deeply want to impact. Even through these tough times, we want to shine. We want people to see and hear and receive from our lives. Father, help us to model a faith that is powerful in the times of trial. Help us to model a life that has been tested and come through like gold. And in the end, Lord, you said, this was your ultimate goal, that in the end we would stand before our Lord with praise and glory and honour, our lives perfected through these times. We pray, Father, for the churches. We pray we will shine. We pray for the families. We pray for mums and dads. We pray as we radiate confident hope to our kids. We pray, Lord, that there'll be a strength, a knowledge of God in our homes. And we commit our homes to you. Thank you, Father, for what you're doing. In the midst of these times, our hearts rejoice. How much you love us, how much you care for us. How much you want to redeem 
everything that's been so broken. We give you praise. We give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you, everyone.